words on water. Hi, welcome to Words on Water, a podcast from the Water Environment Federation. This is the host, Travis Loop. I am delighted to be joined by the new WEF president, Lynn Broadus. Lynn, thanks for coming on the podcast. Oh, it's great to be here. So I want to read a little bit about your background also. Uh, You formed Broadview Collaborative in 2014 as a platform for advancing sustainable, resilient practices in the water sector. You serve as a strategic advisor and facilitator for private sector, nonprofit, and philanthropic clients throughout North America, and are well known for bringing new ways of thinking to the environmental challenges of our day. Those are some of the reasons that we are so happy to have your leadership in the year ahead. Beyond that kind of snapshot, could you talk about your background in water and and how you got to this spot today? Well, sure. It's been um, it hasn't been a straightforward path. I'll tell you that my my career has been interesting the whole way. And I kind of like to joke that I got my start in water probably around age three when I had a near drowning experience. And my my mother rescued me from the pool I had decided to walk into with all my clothes on. Uh, And uh, she made sure I learned how to swim. Boy, that was for sure. My mother was my swim teacher and uh, later taught me how to uh, rescue myself from a canoe that had overturned. So my mother always made sure that I felt comfortable around water, and I'm going to give her credit for that. Um, but you know, professionally, school. I guess you know my first big chunk of work. I, I taught school for a while, and then my first big chunk of work uh, postgraduate school was with the Nature Conservancy, and of course. That has to do with water, but not the way most WEF members think of, of water necessarily. And then the next chunk of my work and where I really became a water person was when my family moved to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and I kind of had to start over again and figure out who I was going to be in this new city. And I ended up with an organization called Milwaukee Riverkeeper. And it was there. I didn't know anything or very little about the Clean Water Act at the time and water versus land conservation. And uh, as I came to understand the role of uh, my role with the river and also to understand that our, how citizens interact with the, with the Clean Water Act and that water belongs to all of us. And uh, of course, I was dealing with U.S. laws, but you know, more broadly and more conceptually, we do think of water as something that none of us really owns, even in places where you kind of have property rights around water. Really, water is something that's very much shared. You can't hold on to it. It flows between us. And to me, that was a very empowering realization. And I realized I'd kind of come home when I started working in water. I just, uh, that sort of small d democracy that went with that was um, uh, really meaningful to me. So I I worked in that citizen advocacy world for about six years before I went to an entity called the Johnson Foundation at Wingspread, where I was tasked with a really interesting job. I kind of joke, I felt like I was 
Cinderella who had put on the glass <laughs> slipper and had this incredible opportunity to work with, I had my own budget to work with the best minds around the United States, and it was U.S. focused, around the different issues, whether they were with agriculture and water, energy and water, urban landscapes and water, you know, you name it, public health and water. Um, and I got to do that for six years. We That became known as charting new waters, that sort of effort as a whole. And it was absolutely fascinating and, and a great education as well, just because everybody that came in, I learned something at every, every one of these meetings that we did. But it's that's where I met WEF. That's where I became involved with WEF because WEF members were often uh, part of those discussions. And it, But early on in that time, and I had um, maybe been there a year or two, and uh, Matt Reese said to me, are you a member of WEF? And I said, no. And he said, well, you should be. That's and great. so that's, that's how I came to WEF. And uh, it's been a, a wonderful place for me to be in um, especially since leaving the Johnson Foundation to still have this large cadre of like-minded and um, you know, people who are pursuing similar interests, even though we're each doing it our own way and we're with our, each with our particular job. Of course, now it's an international um, scope, not, not specifically U.S. focused, but uh, that's kind of how I fell into or flowed into to water. Well, fell in literally back to that story when you were three yeah. years old. Uh, you know, it's been really a, quite a year, 2020, right, with the, the coronavirus pandemic has turned the whole world on its head. The water sector has not been immune in any sense. Um, it's been an incredible year seeing water utilities push on and show how essential those workers are. WEF itself has really had to adapt and have events and have a blue ribbon panel to learn about wastewater worker safety and, and all these kind of changes. I'm curious, as you step into the presidency here, kind of how you envision WEF continuing to operate in this really different, challenging time. Well, I'll tell you, I first give huge amount of credit to WEF staff. They pivoted in no time to what it meant to work virtually and really kept the um, the, the home machines running. I, it's very, very impressive, actually. And um, uh, and then to the WEF members who really stepped up to the plate to help each other. Uh, I think of, you know, the, the WEF issue, that the WE&T issue that came out in January before, and which, you know, had, means it was being planned in October, was all about a, a, a epidemic, a water-based epidemic. And um, although we didn't know that coronavirus was going to come down, the, I shouldn't say water-based, but a, a epidemic that um, that the water sector would have to respond to. Mm-hmm. That um, uh, and here we were. I mean, that just shows how well prepared our members mm-hmm. were. They didn't know about coronavirus. They didn't know that it was going to be coming this year, but they knew that this was something we had to be prepared for. And so the water sector has had to step up in so many ways not only in thinking about the logistics of running a, a treatment plant and the, the whole operations that go behind that uh, in, in the time of a pandemic, but also what does, you know, what, what are the safety issues around the, the, the water and sewage itself? You know, we didn't know that at first. We've come mm-hmm. to now have a great understanding. And, um, uh, but then also the really exciting opportunities of wastewater-based epidemiology, you know, that, that now we've moved 
kind of defensive posture, how do we keep operating in this situation, to a, a very different role that the wastewater sector has in public health in helping us to monitor and predict and control this particular epidemic. And I think it's very exciting and, of course, opens the doors to all kinds of other ways that um, our sector can uh, play a role in proactive public health work. Of course, we, we're born in public health, but this is just a reminder of this. I think that you know we had this incredible opportunity with the partnership with Xylem to bring on a chief medical officer, Dr. Sanderson, who's been just a, a, a tremendous, he's been a rock for us, a rock star and a rock. Um, as, as we move forward, obviously he'll be with us for a while, but I think it allows us to really think about what is our long-term role in, in working with the public health sector and uh, communicating issues around public health and and, uh, and water? And it, it um, so that's a really interesting opportunity. I think that as we've learned to operate in this virtual world, obviously in 2020 and the first whatever months of 2021, we will continue that. But once that fades away or you know when we get the the pandemic under control and most of us are immunized and all that sort of thing i we have an opportunity to really rethink mm -hmm. how we provide our education and outreach and connection among members we now know that there's a balance there there's there's real benefits to being in person but there's some incredible benefits from the virtual world we get to reach a whole lot more people for a lot less money people who normally couldn't afford or didn't have the the, the standing within their organization to travel to WEFTEC or to one of our specialty conferences, they can come from wherever they are, you know, whether they're on, uh, well, you know, I, I won't name all the places around the world or just in the, even within the, the, the United States and, and uh, Canada where anybody can come. Or even if they're a, um, you know, entry-level employee, WEFTEC and our other educational programming is now uh, accessible to them. Where I'm especially excited about the opportunities is with how we can use these virtual platforms to allow people to connect with each other, maybe more informally with panels or just interest groups and things like that, that, you know, maybe now we realize we don't have to wait for the big event. How can we use these to allow smaller opportunities? Because we, but I, I think that one thing, though, one thing that really has hit home for me during this pandemic is that we always knew that WEF was important. Um, but this pandemic has really shown how being stronger by association really is true. I don't know how we would have made it through without this, you know, the, the, the connections that we have through association. We're better and stronger together and advancing the information asking the questions together, advancing that information. So I certainly hope that as we come out, we it, it will um, be a reminder for why we really need to stay together. You know, this pandemic is not the only thing going on, thankfully. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we, there are a lot of other activities and a lot of other really important issues out there that, that WEF's involved with and the, and the board is involved with. Um, I'd love to hear what you're, you see as kind of the other the other priorities and focus areas for this year ahead. 
Well, yeah, and I mean, certainly, I mean, this is a good point place to remind ourselves that the the board president has an important role in all that. But but really, the the overall strategy is set separately from you know set years ahead, and we're certainly not going to do anything to disturb that. Uh, but I think that one of the the big things that we have to to grapple with this year is our business model. You know, our business model, WEF's business model, and anybody who depends on in person conferences and educational programs, it's been sort of turned on its head. And so how do we, you know, what is that business model looking forward? How do how do we continue to provide value in a way that can also sustain the operations of the organization? So we'll have to, you know, that's something that we'll very much be working on. And along with that, it's sort of, it, it was time for us to be launching a new strategic plan anyway. And this just um, uh, puts an exclamation mark uh, around mm-hmm. Uh, that particular item. Of the things that WEF is already working on, certainly, you know, strengthening our MAs, our management uh, associations that we, the member associations that, that we work with, that that's continues to be really important work. The important work that WEF has been doing for a number, what, two or so years now on diversity, equity, and inclusion, that will continue to be really important. You know, we've, we've brought on a, a consultant to work with staff and with the, with the board and that will help us continue down that that path, uh, and you know, there's lots of different levels to that. But to me, that that's incredibly important. The um, uh, but for me personally, you know, every president brings some of their personal favorites to the table, and this gives me an opportunity to really put a highlight around uh, issues that are important to me around those facing small communities, which are often underserved. Uh, small communities are not just small versions of large cities. They have their own needs and their own approach that that you know needs to be taken into consideration. And we want to make sure that WEF is um, uh, is meeting the needs there as well. But also, I have a, a very strong interest in distributed infrastructure, distributed water infrastructure. More and more, you hear leaders in the sector talk about different size and scale and innovations that we kind of collectively call distributed infrastructure, that those are going to be part of our future. And I want to make sure that WEF is at the table for that and leading the way for that. Not that everything needs to pivot all at once, but we need to be incorporating that into our way of thinking and making sure that that the entrepreneurs and innovators who are uh, putting these in place on the ground in cities like Austin and New York and San Francisco and Portland and wherever, that that they've got a home at WEF. Uh, so so that's you know that's my personal a big interest or interests and that I hope to see uh, incorporated and you know given an airing here at at WEF so that we can figure out how it fits into our work moving forward. Yeah, and some and one other bit of recent news that I know you were also really excited about was WEF being recognized as a partner of United Nations Water, uh, and so I'd love to hear kind of your take on what that means for WEF and and our members. Well, I you know I think that when people see that, I mean, first of all, we've always we talk about ourselves as a global organization, but this really underscores that we are recognized as a global organization, and I want to make sure that your listeners, our listeners, understand that. This isn't something where you pay some dues and you get your name put on that list. This was a very rigorous application that required also the um, recommendation of those who are very engaged on a global level with water. And so I'm very proud of that recognition. I think it also gives us an opportunity to 
um, to think more globally about the needs in, in other countries, but also what we can learn in other parts of the world that apply in North America and places where our membership is, uh, is a bit stronger. Uh, but I'm, I'm really excited about the the opportunity there. And um, I'm kind of curious to see where that where that leads for us. As I said, we're really excited. We're delighted to have you as the president of the board this year. Looking forward to a great 2021 year for WEF, a time of change. But that's, you know, I think we can handle that. We can move on. All these great opportunities. Well, yeah, change is a lot more interesting than stasis, you know, especially when it's change for, for good, for the good. I do think there's just incredible opportunities. You know, may we all live in interesting times, and we certainly do. Great. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Travis. Words on water. <laughs>